RTHK, the news at one with Sean Kennedy. The headlines, the Transport and Logistics Secretary says officials are ready to tweak the cross-border operations as necessary, but stressed that yesterday's reopening went smoothly. A government pandemic advisor warns that COVID cases will inevitably rise now that the border is open again. And Executive Council convener Regine Yip says the government has the tools to control excessive purchases by parallel traders. The Transport and Logistics Secretary Lam Sai Hung says operations at the seven cross-border checkpoints went smoothly yesterday. The first day quarantine-free travel with the mainland resumed. Speaking on an RTHK program, Mr Lam said the authorities will make the necessary adjustments for weekdays and public transport operators are ready to increase frequency if necessary. Yesterday was a holiday, but today is a working and school day. One of the things we're focusing on as we monitor the situation is how cross-border travel and commuters going to work or school will affect each other. We're in close contact with different government departments and public transport operators and we'll discuss how to make improvements in various areas. Government pandemic advisor David Hoy says COVID cases will rise in the near future following the border reopening with the mainland, as well as the lifting of most COVID restrictions in Hong Kong. Speaking on a commercial radio program, the Chinese University respiratory medicine professor said there may also be more serious illnesses and deaths related to the pandemic. He said if that's the case, the testing and vaccination requirement may need to be tightened for travellers crossing the border. After the border reopening, we should observe whether it leads to an increase in the proportion of serious cases on both sides of the border because unvaccinated people are now allowed to cross the border. If it leads to a greater increase in the number of serious cases and deaths, maybe adjustments would be made. But epidemiologist Benjamin Cowling says there's no point in imposing vaccine requirements on arrivals for the mainland, given that the border has already opened and there'll be fewer COVID infections there in about two to four weeks' time. Mainland arrivals don't need to be fully vaccinated to enter Hong Kong, unlike international arrivals. Professor Kowlung also said imposing a PCR test on arrivals from the mainland just caused trouble for recovered patients. I think it's a, a little bit late to talk about that now because the border is just about to open and I think that the problems, if there are any, will occur very soon rather than later because the epidemic of infections in the mainland is actually coming towards the end. That In in two weeks' time, in a month's time, there will be fewer infections in the mainland than there are today. Professor Cowling from the University of Hong Kong also said the key measure to control the COVID situation was the quota. Executive Council convener Regina Yip says the government has the tools to control excessive purchases by people looking to resell across the border, which has caused shortages of Panadol and other medications. She said the government was much better positioned to crack down on parallel traders. Speaking on the Backchat programme, Mrs Yip said she understood that the government could use the Prevention and Control of Disease Ordinance to set limits on purchases. We do have these powers under Cap 599 to make sure locals... I mean, the, the general population have enough supplies. The Federation of Trade Unions has called on the authorities to review the drug registration system, saying the current system makes it difficult for mainland medicine to be used in Hong Kong. Currently, drugs manufactured on the mainland must be registered in both the country and one of the 32 countries listed by the Pharmacy and Poisons Board before they can be sold in Hong Kong. Here's FTU lawmaker Jofi Chan. With the fifth wave of pandemic and with the increasing use of the mainland vaccines, we can have more confidence in all the manufacturing for mainland. 
And most importantly, what we are saying is, at the moment, the system is discriminating the main androids. What we are suggesting is to break the barriers or remove the barriers which discriminate main androids. As Hong Kong, an international city, we have to increase the use of mainland drugs. Turning overseas, Brazilian police say they've regained control of Congress and other government buildings in the capital, Brasilia, that were stormed by thousands of supporters of the far-right former President Jair Bolsonaro. They made hundreds of arrests. More from the BBC's Katie Watson. As night fell, protesters had been cleared from the buildings and the authorities were regaining control of the city. What angers hardline protesters most is not so much that Mr Bolsonaro lost, but the fact that Lula won, a man they see as belonging in prison, not the presidential palace. Lula condemned what happened, calling those involved fanatical fascists. Jai Bolsonaro has also spoken out on social media, saying that peaceful demonstrations within the law form part of democracy, but what happened yesterday was an exception. But he also rejected accusations that he had encouraged such protests. Speaking in Sao Paulo, President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva questioned security in the capital, saying it had allowed fascists and fanatics to wreak havoc. We think there was a lack of security, and I wanted to tell you that all those people who did this will be found and punished. They will realize that democracy guarantees the right to freedom and free speech, but it also demands that people respect the institutions created to strengthen democracy. Memorial ceremonies have been held across Iran for the 176 passengers and crew killed when a Ukraine flight was accidentally shot down by Islamic Revolutionary Guards three years ago. Many of the mourners were supporters of the anti-government protesters sparked by the deaths of Masa Armini in September. At an event marking the anniversary in Canada, where many of the victims lived, the Prime Minister Justin Trudeau criticised Iran. This tragedy happened because of the Iranian regime's heinous disregard for human life. Your grief has been compounded by their refusal to be held accountable. But when you lose someone so senselessly, finding justice is a part of mourning. We need closure in order to heal. And Iran's refusal to be held accountable is denying you that. Israel's new far-right national security minister has ordered Israeli police to remove Palestinian flags from all public spaces. He said displaying the flag amounted to support for terrorism. The BBC's Kat Wiener reports. The statement by Itamar Ben-Gavir essentially criminalises the flying of the Palestinian flag in public. It's an explicit response to celebrations that marked the release of a long-serving Palestinian prisoner last week when his home village in northern Israel was decked in the red, green and black banner. Current Israeli law allows security officers to remove the flag only where they deem it a threat to public order. Mr Ben-Gavir's directive is the latest provocative move in relation to the issue of Palestinian statehood by Israel's new governing coalition. Benjamin Netanyahu's administration is seen by many as the most religious and hard line in Israel's history. President Biden has made a brief visit to the U.S. border with Mexico in an effort to counter criticism of his immigration policies. It was his first trip to the frontier since taking office two years ago. Republicans say he hasn't done enough to stop illegal crossings. The BBC's Sophie Long says the president's visit has deeply divided opinions in El Paso. 
Some people here welcome and applaud his visit and say they are grateful that he's making the effort to witness the situation firsthand. Others, though, say this is far too little too late. This is his first trip to the border in two years of his presidency, and some have accused him of political posturing. There is now another presidential election looming on the horizon in 2024. But I think people in El Paso who live here and who have been coping with the influx of migrants in November and December of last year do appreciate him taking the time. The Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese is heading to a town northeast of Perth, which has been hit by the worst flooding on record. Parts of the state of Western Australia are undergoing a huge clean-up operation after torrential rain swamped the Kimberley region in the northeast of the state. The town of Fitzroy Crossing, northeast of Perth, is among the worst hit. The BBC's Phil Mercer reports from Sydney. Roads, bridges and homes have been damaged by unprecedented flooding in northern parts of Western Australia. A 30-mile-wide inland sea has been surging towards the coast after the Fitzroy River swamped the town of Fitzroy Crossing. Dozens of residents have been rescued by helicopter and military aircraft have been delivering essential supplies. But Patrick Davis, who lives in the town, says some people are so desperate for food, they're eating wildlife. One kid stoned a wallaby down the street here the other day. You know, he took it home. They'll be eating the wallabies that come to the high ground if they don't have any food. Water levels in the town are receding, but the flooding is moving west, threatening other isolated communities in Western Australia. It could take months for the region's main highway to reopen. Final preparations are taking place in Britain for the first satellite launch from Western Europe. Later on Monday, a repurposed jumbo jet is due to take off with a rocket under its wing. When it reaches 35,000 feet, it will release the aircraft, which will blast into orbit before deploying nine satellites. More from the BBC's Jonathan Amos. When RAF pilot Matthew Stannard guides his jumbo down the runway at Newquay Airport in Cornwall, he'll be making history. Never before have satellites been blasted into orbit from Britain. The country's internationally renowned manufacturing sector has always had to send its products abroad to get them into space. The location for the mission is out over the Atlantic, just off the Irish coast. Squadron leader Stannard will point the jumbo south and then drop the rocket. As his plane banks hard to the right, the booster will ignite to carry its satellite passengers high above the Earth. Residents of a town in the Indian Himalayas near the China border have been moved from their homes after hundreds of houses began developing cracks and sinking. Disaster management officials said parts of Joshimath, 2,000 metres above sea level, are unsafe. But it was the people that lived there that have been sounding the alarm for some time. The BBC's Anbarasan Etirajan has more. The local residents have been protesting for years, warning the authorities that um, these cracks are developing and they need to look into that. And it was very common for people to move out of their houses during monsoon season when it really pours, because that's a dangerous time to stay inside the homes. People were staying even in tents outside. But now the problem is becoming more acute. In the last few weeks, more than 600 buildings have developed cracks. It's a triggered panic among residents. They have been moved to hotels as well as relief centres. Sport now and in the English FA Cup, Aston Villa are the latest Premier League side to be knocked out by lower league opposition. They were beaten by fourth-tier Stevenage, who came from behind to win 2-1 at Villa Park, setting up a fourth-round tie against Stoke City. The winning manager, Steve Evans, says the day ranks high in the history of his club. 
It is very special. I think it's probably the chairman just said to me the greatest day in his club's life and he said the, the club for 26, 27 years. Certainly a fantastic day for the town. But we don't kid ourselves. You know, this is a fantastic football club. We'll enjoy the moment. These guys will have their own days and uh, they've treated us absolutely fantastic since we walked into the building earlier today. And um, we'll now be humble and get on with the jobs for Saturday. Manchester City cruised into the fourth round with a comprehensive 4-0 win over Chelsea at the Etihad. Riyad Mahrez scored twice with Phil Foden and Julian Alvarez also on target for the champions. City boss Pep Guardiola was happy with his side's performance. Really good. From the beginning till the end, again, uh, the people could say whatever they want, but uh, Chelsea is a top side and a top team, of course a top club. But for the minute one we were there, it was not in the beginning and of course the quality from Riyad to break, break the game. City will face Arsenal or the League One side Oxford United in the fourth round. The Premier League side Leeds United scored a stoppage time equaliser to earn a replay as they drew two all at second tier Cardiff. Blackburn Rovers are safely through after beating Norwich 1-0. The fourth tier side Walsall have also progressed. They scored five minutes into added time to beat Stockport and set up a tie with the 2021 winners Leicester. The Walsall manager is Michael Flynn. It's fantastic. I'm absolutely over the moon for the football club, the players, um, the supporters, everybody connected to Walsall Football Club. So um, that's a big thank you from myself to them. Now, when I said earlier that goal has just paid for more than double Andy's wages, <laughs> I think it's paid for half the squad's wages now, depending on um, you know the the TV money, the the prize the prize money, the the uh, attendance figures, um, stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, it's a good day. The Italian Serie A leaders, Napoli, moved seven points clear of Juventus thanks to a 2-0 win at Sampdoria. AC Milan drew two all with Roma at the San Siro to move level on points with Juventus. In Spain, Barcelona capitalised on Real Madrid's loss to Villarreal on Saturday with a 1-0 win at Atletico. The result moved Barca three points clear at the top of La Liga. And the NFL picture is playoff picture is set. The Seattle Seahawks sealed the final spot in the NFC at the expense of the Green Bay Packers, who were beaten by the Detroit Lions 2016 in the regular, regular season finale. The Seahawks will take on the San Francisco 49ers in the wild card. The, in the AFC, the Miami Dolphins edged out the Pittsburgh Steelers for the final playoff spot and will play division rivals the Buffalo Bills next. To the weather, cloudy with a few rain patches and a high of about 20 degrees with moderate to fresh east to northeasterly winds. Currently 21 degrees Celsius, the relative humidity is 67%. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The Transport and Logistics Secretary says officials are ready to tweak cross-border arrangements as necessary. And the government pandemic adviser warns that COVID cases will inevitably rise soon now that the border is open again. The news from RTHK. The Brew with Phil Whelan on Radio 3. Find a 
Afternoon again. Monday's brew off to Ho Chi Minh City in a little while to catch up with Neil Runciman. It's all about the year of the cat. Yeah, actually, the year of the cat. He'll explain why. Go for a walk around, see what's happening. If you can join him on Facebook Live, the brew is our page.